it's good that a lot of kids want to go to camp. So it's going to be hard on the few staff members I have. Right? <laughs> uh, well, good morning, everyone. You guys have a good week. It's been a, a difficult one for for some families this week, but it's uh, it's good that we can just bear one another's burdens and and just uh, love upon each other. And can you believe it? There's only two sermons, including this one, left in the book of Colossians, right? It's kind of kind of amazing you know it's it, it's always surreal when I come to the end of a study because it's every letter every every book of the Bible has hard-hitting stuff like really good apical stuff amazing theology and uh, you know especially chapter 3 was a personal favorite because as you built up from one and two and then you went into three, it's really where the rubber meets the road. And that's the amazing truth about Christianity, right? Is that Christ is a person, right? The, the truth is a person that, that renews us, that sets us free. He is the hope of glory that is in us. And by trusting in him, God has made us alive in Christ that truth transforms us it transforms how we interact with each other it changes us through and through Paul has written to the Colossian church that they are to be heavenly minded that they wouldn't live in the spirit of the age but that they would live in the newness of life found in Christ Jesus. That's the whole of the book of Colossians. Now how, how many things come to you easily? Say what? Not, not many? Right? Yeah. You know, I, I could think of like one. I'm like, ah, yeah, <laughs> this is, this is, you know, this is how you fix that or, or do this, you know? You know, not, not very many things come to us easy in life, right? You know, maybe we have been given this or that as a, as a gift. You know, maybe we have inherited a house or some land. But for those things that we work for, right, that we, that we work upon, we are, we are glad to have them, right? The, the satisfaction of, of putting a project in front of you and then doing it is very rewarding right you know be that relationships are clean and folded laundry i thought that was hilarious when i wrote that and it still is <laughs> you know whether and or even the meal that we enjoy at the dinner table with friends and family right we we put work into it staying the course is hard but it is a worthy task to work, to study, and to put our hands to something and to see it bloom. You know, the letters in the New Testament are there to encourage churches, just like churches today, that are struggling with heresies, entertainment, and good ideas knocking at their doors. The letters answer questions, they deal with issues within the church body, and they entreat us all to this end. To aim to please the Lord Jesus. Today we look at the beginning of the end of Paul's words to the church of Colossae. That they would be steadfast and that they would be encouraged. Now let's uh, pray before we turn in the word. Now, Father God, we, we thank you for today. Thank you for everything that you have given us, Lord. That your mercies are new every morning. Thank you for, for all the moisture and all the, the green that we're enjoying, uh, even as we're running away from the mosquitoes. But Lord, thank you for just the day that you have made, that we can rejoice and be glad in it, that we can know that in Christ we have salvation, and we are set to walk with you in this life through many dangers, toils, and snares. 
and we are bound for heaven because of what Christ has done upon the cross. And as we trust in him, we are grafted in. Thank you so much for that, Lord. We do pray for those that have had surgery that are healing from it. Just give them rest and comfort and healing, Lord. And we thank you for this time together, this opportunity to just be in your word and to study it. Help us rightly divide it. Help us just be understanding of it too. To, to know you more and to apply it to life. To go out into the world and let it be known that Christ is born in Bethlehem to save sinners. That Christ was crucified to save sinners. That Christ is risen and he is the son of God. He is who he says he is. And let us declare it and be the witnesses to, to take it out. And pray for all of our missionaries as well, Lord, as, as they're going through the summer and just uh, be with those uh, that are busy, that are having a kid, that are doing multiple things, whether that be training and camps and everything, Lord. Uh, be with them all. And we thank you for today, Lord. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. Well, please uh, turn in your Bibles with me to Colossians. Colossians chapter 4. will be in uh, verses 2 through 6. Paul writes this. Continue steadfastly in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the word to declare the mystery of Christ on account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of the time. Let your speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, so that you may know how you ought to answer each person. Paul had just finished the section speaking to believers on how they should live life, whether that be life at home or life at work, how, how are they to be about that, and that they should know that the Lord is to be honored in this life, right? You know, he sums up the section that they should know this as well, that either judgment or reward comes afterwards. Just as the author of Hebrews states it, right? And just as it is appointed for man to die once, after that comes judgment. You know, the church should live in this truth and exposit it, right? Should explain it to the world. And we are to continue steadfastly. I, I like that. I, I was like, well, let's you know, look at both of these words. You know, continue, right? We know what that means, right? And we, we pause the movie, everyone goes to the bathroom, and then we unpause it. We continue the movie. You know, it is defined as to persist in an activity or a process, and we keep going. If all the letter of Colossians is true, if God has made us alive in Christ as we have placed our faith in the finished work of Christ upon the cross, then we go on with it, right? That's what Paul starts with on chapter 3. If this is all true, if all that truth from 1 and 2 is in you, Christ, the hope of glory, then we go forward. Now, steadfastly or steadfast is to resolutely or dutifully, I like that word, to be firm and unwavering. Right? As believers, we are to have resolve in what we believe and why we believe it so we can stand and give an answer. Peter talks about that 
in 1 Peter 3.15, he says, In your hearts honor Christ as the Lord is holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you, right? And that's what's talked about in Colossians is the hope of glory that is in us, Christ Jesus. We give a reason for that hope that is in you, yet do it with gentleness and respect. And we'll get to that about how Paul talks about how do we talk to people? How do we, as we were talking about customer service after Sunday school today. How do we, how do we present it, right? You know, how do we go about that? You know, we start, right, as Peter says, we stand before God first. And Paul also talking about that in our interpersonal lives. We start there. In meekness, we honor him. And then we stand before man and give an answer. Is that what a witness does, right? Who likes court TV? Nobody, right? Like, it's everywhere, though. There's, like, <laughs> all the free channels, right? And there's always like, judge somebody, judge, you know, and it's like, but, you know, what is a witness to do? The attorney asks, the witness gives an answer, right? The world asks, why are we here? We give an answer, you know, we let it be known. You know, we are to be dutiful. I love Google, it gives me fun words to say during Sunday. <laughs> But, you know, we are to be, as believers, obedient to the Lord. We're to be dutiful to the tasks of what he has for us, right? We are in Christ. We are created for good works to be about those. As believers, we are to be obedient to the Lord. We are to know his word, for we are called disciples. And therefore, we are to learn from the one that has come for all of us sinners. That is why we, we stand unwavering in that, right? Because we are sanctified by the truth. And the word of the Lord is true. Now, therefore, we don't, we don't give in to the spirit of error. We don't give in to the spirit of the age. No, we walk and we stand. And we continue in this, right? We continue in prayer, being watchful in it with thanksgiving. See, the church, the believer, should have resolve here, full of duty here and unwavering here in prayer. Because prayer is not so much about our, our needs and wants in life but it is about seeking the Lord God's will and way in any given struggle, right? Any given time of pain, any event of life. I've always enjoyed the understanding of it is that it takes our horizontal look of life and it brings a vertical aspect to it. That's how it was really explained to me my first year of Bible college. And I've always enjoyed that because it, it, it really presents us with like, yeah, there's pains and struggles here, but it's seeking the will and way of God in it all. Now, Paul tells Timothy this, first of all, then I urge that supplication, prayer, intercession, and thanksgiving be made for all people, right? The beginning of 1 Timothy 2.1. And he goes on in that section and says, we have a mediator between God and man who is the hope of glory in us. It's Christ Jesus. That's whom the mediator is. And therefore we can approach the throne in our time of need, which we had read from Hebrews 4.16. That in our time of need, we can receive what we need the most is mercy and grace. And we pray for all leaders for this, for peace, so that the message, right, the good news can come, that all can place our faith, our trust, our hope in the provision found in Christ Jesus. And we as a church, as believers, are to be watchful. 
as the, as the hymn states, right, there are many dangers, toils, and snares. So we need to be watchful, that we don't get caught up with the earthly within us, that we don't love the world or the things of the world, because we understand this, right? We understand that the world with its desires are passing away, but those that are about the will of God abide forever, because they're, they're in Christ. They have been reconciled to God through Christ Jesus. We do all of this with thanksgiving. For we have grace and peace from God in Christ Jesus. And therefore we can do as Paul states in 1 Thessalonians. We can give thanks in all circumstances. For this is the will of God in Christ Jesus for you. You know, that makes me always think about 2 Corinthians. You know, why do we struggle? Why do we go through different things through life? And it's like, even with that customer service illustration, it's that we would know how to treat people. Like, yeah, they might have messed up the drink. They might have undercooked this or that. But it's having grace in that is like, I've... I've been there. I've been stressed out at work. I've had customers screaming at me and that we can have empathy for them. That all of our struggles are to show people that God is still in control. God is still loving us through Christ. Now that as we stand before God, righteous and justified by placing our faith in Christ Jesus. We rest in the one who is able. And therefore we can stand before man in our struggles, in our pains, in our daily events and give thanks for we have life and salvation from the Lord above. In this we offer among those who are living among us, salvation in Christ, right? That's what Paul, even from prison, is talking about, is, is that this is the mystery of Christ, that in him, humanity has the ability to come to God and be reconciled. Paul asks the Colossian believer is this, at the same time, pray also for us to declare the mystery of Christ on the account of which I am in prison, that I may make it clear, which is how I ought to speak. Now, have you ever had different issues, maybe even in Bible studies or other things where it just seems like, you know, whether it be that philosophies or thoughts of men are, are muttering the waters, and it's just like right here, Here's a prayer for clarity, right? That we could clearly tell people there is, there is the amazing provision of God and there is these, these, these human responsibility and that we have the ability within us to either respond to God or to oppress it and say, we don't care. That is that is what is seen throughout the whole of the Old and New Testament is that God wants to draw all of humanity and humanity says, no thanks. Even in the book of Jeremiah, and my people have done two sins, right? They have rejected the living water and they have hewn out cisterns for themselves. It's totally a rabbit trail. <laughs> but Paul asked believers in Colossae to pray for him that the good news would clearly go out, that the declaring of God so loved the world would go out, that the whomever believes in, whomever trusts in and rests upon Jesus will have everlasting life. That through the truth of who Jesus is and what he has done, we can now personally know and be known, right? Have a right standing relationship with God, the Lord Almighty. For in Christ we have been washed and sanctified and brought home. Paul tells the Colossian believers this, 
Walk in wisdom towards outsiders, making the best use of time. Paul aptly applies this right away. He says, the time is short. These days are short, so walk wisely. You know, in the world, we are told to travel wisely, right? That gnome is smart. He, I travel wisely, right? We're, we're told to be a, sh- a, a smart shopper, you know? That's a good old movie, Shop, shop Smart. <laughs> I can't remember which one it was, but you know, the tagline has stuck with me. And we are told to be wise. You know, the fact is that the social media event age that we have of explosion has exposed us to all of this information, all of these events, all of these opinions, right? It has also brought us the comment section. It also has brought us Twitter threads. It has brought us the hate and the malice found on online. It's great. And sadly, it's even great among believers. See, we, we are told to walk wisely in our world. Not just to put our best before the world, but to be wise in our time and sharing the truth of, of Jesus and the world around us, to the world around us. That we would do this, that we would let our speech always be gracious, seasoned with salt, that you may know how you ought to answer each person. See, we live in a, in a world of the online, very fast-paced, you know, no one has time for everything and, or, or time for anything, and everyone wants patience now. Everyone wants to make it big. Everyone wants to be first in line. Well, the church and the believer are to take time. You know, just as we cook, right? We, we season well. We want the taste to come through, and we want to you know, give an answer, but we also want to, you know, hey, what is that person asking? And, and direct them to the text of Scripture and, and, and give a, a satisfactory answer, not just kind of like, well, because the Bible says so. You know, it, and it's like, it's kind of like, you know, you know, why is it blue? Because it is, you know, but like, you know, actually, you know, maybe taking that child and saying, you know, this is the color spectrum and this is why is that, you know, and, and just dealing, you know, people might, be okay with, you know, this is what the text says and that's why we believe it. But others want to go deeper and see it and where it comes from and how the Lord's truth rings out in every section of life. You know, we want the food, we want the answer to be right and true and showing the world the true one. You know, I thought of this, that fast food, right? Fast food, either physically or spiritually, will have long-term effects upon you. It may taste good for a minute, but in the end, it is like holding together a bridge with band-aids. One day it will fall. And so the church and the believer is, to called, is called to work out what they believe and, and why they believe it. To deal with the hard questions, to, to wrestle with them. And thankfully, through the ages of the church, we, we have a lot of those answers. We have, here, here's the big book, you know, and, you know, but then also some people, you know, might not want the whole book. They want the summary. Well, there's those, those are written too, or, you know, there's always gotquestions.org as well. That we <laughs> do that. We wrestle and struggle with the questions so we can answer the questions of the world around us a world that is unable to save themselves, a world looking in all the wrong places, a world far from home, a world that is so loved by God that he sent his only son so that whomsoever can believe and be saved and find hope and home in, in Christ. And Paul goes on in Colossians and verses 7 and 9 of chapter 4. saying this uh, Tychicus will tell you all about my activities 
He is a beloved brother and faithful minister, a fellow servant in the Lord. I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are and that, you, and that he may encourage your hearts. With him is Omysius, our faithful and beloved brother, who is one of you. They will tell you everything that has taken place here. And Paul knows, right? We, we've talked about this before in Colossians. He, he knows the, the road is long and hard. And like a coach, he wants to encourage them. Like a teacher, he wants them to know what they believe and why they believe it. So when the time comes, they can stand. So Paul sends Tychicus. I'm probably butchering that guy's name. <laughs> but, uh, he's found... He's found in five verses of the New Testament. Uh, one tells us he's from Asia, which is most likely Asia Minor of that day, modern-day Turkey. Uh, he is uh, one that has accompanied Paul through his missionary journeys. Uh, he was sent to uh, Ephesus and to Colossae uh, to tell them of what Paul was doing and how he was doing. Uh, Tychicus might have been sent by Paul to relieve Titus of his ministry uh, for a time so Titus could go and meet with Paul. Uh, Artemis might have been sent instead. Uh, the verses in uh, Titus 3.12, uh, Paul states that either the, him, Tychicus, or Artemis will be uh, arriving shortly to relieve Titus of his ministry for a time so he could come and see Paul. Uh, from these verses, we can see that Tychicus... Uh, will tell you all about my activities, right? That's that's what he is. He's like a little messenger guy. Um, you know, it's it's crazy because he most likely carried uh, the letter of Colossae, Colossae, Colossians. Oh my, the letter of Ephesians, and so he was a he was a trusted brother. He he carried these letters of Paul from Rome all the way back to Asia. It's a, it's a far, it's not a far trip now. You've got planes and everything, but back then it was a far trip. Now he was coming to inform the believers of Colossae of how Paul was and what he was doing. Luke, Luke sums it all up, right? He sums it well in Acts. He says he lived there for two whole years at his own expense and welcomed all who came to him, proclaiming the kingdom of God and teaching about the Lord Jesus Christ with all boldness and without hindrance. That's how the book of Acts ends. That's what Paul's ministry is during this time, is that he paid to be in prison. I think that should be implemented, right? <laughs> yeah, you want this? You know, he's waiting for his court date for Caesar, with Caesar. And for two years, he encouraged the churches. He, he preached the word. He wrote letters. He encouraged them all by sending out his co-laborers to those churches. And he welcomed all and proclaimed the truth without hindrance. And Paul tells them that Tychicus is a beloved brother, a faithful minister, and a fellow servant of the Lord. This man had placed his faith in Christ as the Messiah. He grew in the Lord. He grew in word and deed. And he became what is a faithful minister. And we can be glad right here because faithfulness is the standard, right? Not success. Paul states it clearly in 1 Corinthians. He says, it is required of stewards that they be found faithful. You know, we're not called to be successful about being the best or having all the knowledge and having the biggest and the brightest ministries. No, we are called to be faithful in what the Lord has given. You know, that's the key, right? Not, not the cool smoke machines or singing the, the coolest, newest songs to bring in all the people. It's about being faithful in the Lord. Paul says Tychicus is a fellow servant. Now, ken, kinship, right? Kinship, kinship, either one, right? tomato, tomato, is important in ministry. Because ministry is of conflict, right? And in, in conflict, a band of brothers, great movie, amazing book. Stevie Ambrose is like an amazing author. Band of brothers are formed. Band of brothers and sisters are tested. 
Because in conflict, being faithful with what is in front of you is foremost. As we stand and fight together, you know, we see who is a Tychicus or we see who is a Demas, right? If you know Demas is in three verses of the Bible, he's with Paul, he says hello, and then the third mention is that he has left for Thessalonica because he loved the world. You know, he abandoned his post. We don't know what happened to Demas. We, we know what happened to John Mark though, right? John Mark did the same thing. He, yeah, you know, I'm out of here. Paul wanted nothing to do with them. Barnabas came back and said, no, let's bring him back. And then even in Peter's letters, he's with Peter. He's ministering with Peter. And Paul even asks for him at the end to bring John Mark with him. It's an amazing little, you know, little highlights that you can see throughout scripture. You know, we can also see, uh, as I mentioned, Paul and Barnabas, we can also see who is on mission with us, but the Lord has a different path for them. We, we see that between Paul and Barnabas, right? Paul was, I got to go. I got to get things done. Barnabas is like, I mean, he's the guy that brought Paul into the church, right? Said, hey, here's the guy that wanted to kill you, but he's good now, <laughs> you know? And Barnabas did the same thing with John Mark. He took time to, to take him back to Cyprus and to encourage him and to kind of work with them some more. John Mark needed some more help. Paul was like, I got to go and do this. You know, he was more of the task guy. Barnabas was more of like the people person, I guess. So the, in, the encourager, that's what his name means, you know. And we, we see that through even the text of Scripture because there are different philosophies of ministry because we're all, we're all built differently. <clears throat> Paul states this, I have sent them, I have sent him to you for this very purpose, that you may know how we are, and that he may encourage your hearts. See, Tychicus was sent to encourage the believers in Colossae to tell them what Paul was up to. You know, as we think upon encouragement, the words of James came to mind. And James says, Submit yourselves therefore to God, resist the devil and he will flee from you. And believers throughout the ages need encouragement. We need the word and we need each other to be encouraged. That we would submit to the Lord, that we would resist the devil, that we would resist the earthly within us and the desires of the world. That we would stand and that we wouldn't forget that this, is, this isn't something that we can do by ourselves. We can't do it alone. We stand together. I, I almost, and Paul brings us into light in Ephesians, is you think of a phalanx. You think of a legion. You know, the Romans and the Greeks fought in formation. And each man had their duty, right? You know, deal with the enemy in front of you have your shields a certain way so they can't break through. It's crazy you read, I can't, can't remember his name, but it's a book on the Punic Wars about how crazy exhausting that was that within 15 minutes, right? It's not a lot of time, but within 15 minutes, those men on the front were exhausted and they'd have to step back and let the next guy go and everything, whether you've seen Gladiator or other movies, they, they show it to you of how, other ones that you don't watch, <laughs> don't, don't tell your pastor you've seen 300, um, but you know, of how they fight, of how they fought, and that comes to mind, because we need to deal with, with what's in front of us, and we stand together in formation. Now please turn in your Bibles with me to Hebrews, Hebrews chapter 10. And just from a historical perspective, 300 is not a good illustration. Just a gladiator is. Gladiator shows how it was actually done. Um, Hebrews chapter 10, verses 23 through 25. The 
other states, let us hold fast to the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who, pro who promised is faithful. Let us consider how to stir up one another to love and good works, not neglecting to meet together, as is the habit of some, but encouraging one another all the more as you see the day drawing near. So we hold to Christ. We then do this. We stir up. We encourage one another in, in meeting together. We, we see the saints are in need of each other. Because this, this, this building isn't the church, right? Yeah, we say it. We say it all the time, right? We say, I'm going to church. Or, hey, you want to come to church with me? It's how, we, it's how we speak, right? But the gathered saints, the believers, are the church. So we need to be in the habit of, of meeting together to be about encouraging one another that the believer would walk with Jesus in their work, in their homes, and in the trenches of this present darkness. See, those battlefield illustrations keep on coming up because it's true. It is a conflict. In this time of present darkness, we are to be salt in a tasteless world. We are to be light in the darkness. Now, we can be a witness by ourselves, and a lot of ministries are, are, are built like that, right? You to, to, to witness to your friends, to witness to the world, but as the bride of Christ, we are together in that. As a witness of, you know, why are you why are you doing that on a Sunday? You know? Oh, here I'll tell you. <laughs> and why do you why do you meet with people that I mean we we might not even have the same hobbies or the same things that we're into, but we are alive in Christ. As God has made us alive together. And we need each other. We need beloved brothers and sisters who are faithful, who are willing fellow servants. Paul states this, and with him is Omysius, our faithful and beloved brother who is with you. They will tell you of everything that has taken place here. Paul sent Omysius with Tychicus. You know, this, uh, we, we talked about some of this last week of, of coming, coming to the subject of slavery within the Bible. This is most likely Paul is sending, <coughs> sending him back to Philemon. In the letter of Philemon, we find out, <coughs> excuse me, in the letter of Philemon, we find out that Omysius is a runaway slave who may have stolen money, and Paul actually offers to repay Philemon for any of those losses. Philemon is, is Omysius' master, and Paul appeals for him. He, he uh, appeals for this slave in this letter to Philemon because Omysius has come to Christ. Omysius is a beloved brother. You know, I, I thought about this subject for a while and I've listened to some sermons about it as well and, and it's just like, you know, some, some people may look at the Bible and be distraught and disgusted with even the fact that one, one letter is written to a slave owner and its writer, Paul, is sending a slave back to its slave owner, to his slave owner. You know, and I, as I talked about it last week, that, you know, Christianity and the Bible doesn't state. You know, I even told it when we went through Joseph. So Thursday, the Bible never says slavery is a good thing. And, and without Christianity in the West, as I talked about last week, would we even have them? Or would they be gone like all the, all the slaves are in the East? 
know what? We are quick to judge history and yet leave ourselves out of the judgment. But the greatest thing that we can see here is that grace is available to all through Christ Jesus our Lord, from the slave to the slave owner, for those killed in concentration camps to those that even did the killing. Uh, we've talked about this several times that the, the book that I highly recommend is is about the, the pastor, the chaplain, that was the chaplain to all of the Nuremberg trial members. And he shared Christ with every single one of them. You know, it is available to all sinners, from the gossips to the liars, to the thieves and the murderers. Omissius here is described as a faithful and beloved brother. And Paul has kinship with this man as well. He knows the believers in Colossae know him. Uh, some scholars even think that uh, Philemon's house is where the church met. Now, these are faithful men, both Tychicus and Omissius, have been sent by Paul to encourage and report to that church, those gathered saints in Colossae. Now, so the question comes at the end is how, how do we stay the course, right? How do we continue? Some, some things might come easy to us, you know, because we at least have one spiritual gift, right? Service might come easy. Learning this or that, you know, teaching this or that might come easy for us. But you know, how do we stay faithful and steadfast in all of it? You know, these are great questions to wrestle with because a lot of the church culture today is about the new and the cool and even, even the raw of, of being all about those things. But staying heavenly minded starts with our mindset. Oh, please turn in your Bibles with me to Romans, Romans chapter 12. I'll be in uh, verses 1 and 2. And Paul states this, I appeal to you therefore, brothers, by the mercies of God, to present your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and acceptable to God, which is your spiritual worship. Do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind, that by testing you may discern what is the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. Right, as I said at the beginning of the sermon, is that you know, all the letters, right, are, are an appeal. Right? We're, we're appealed to in the New Testament letters. Now, with all of this truth, with all of this amazing grace found in Christ, the hope of glory given to us, that we would do something with it. You know, as Paul states, right, if this is all true, then go forward in it, as he started chapter 3 in Colossians. And to those outside of Christ, the call is to repent and believe. Come into that shelter, come into that covering, to place their faith and to rest in the finished work upon Christ of Christ upon the cross. That then we would walk in light of who Jesus is and what he has done. Now for the believer, for those hidden in Christ, we are to, by mercy, present ourselves as a living sacrifice. Right? We are alive to Christ, yet dead to the world, to the earthly in us. And we talked about that struggle as we went through chapter 3. And we in him are set apart. And this is our, our worship, right? It's not just a few songs on Sunday. You know, we usually, as we say, you know, I'm going to church or, hey, this is worship time. It's like, no, our, our worship is being about him through living for him as a workmanship. By not being pressed into the mold of this world but being transformed by the renewal of our minds. It always starts, right? It always starts with our interpersonal lives. Right there, it matters greatly to God of our standing with him. And the question always comes of who masters that, right? Who is the master? 
and who masters the rest of our life. If, if we are the master, not Jesus, then it, it can look great on the outside. We can say the right things, but God knows our hearts. And to be known by him and to be submitted to him is greater than being in charge of the me. You know, have you ever heard the poem Invictus? Right? You know, I am the captain of my own fate. I am the master of my own destiny. Is the starting lines. If I'm the captain of my own fate and the master of my own destiny, I know it's not going to end well. Where if Christ, my faithful and trustworthy captain, and my master and my high priest who knows me is in charge, then there is nothing to fear in life or death. You know, we... We know we need to be in the Word, and and sometimes I, I feel like a, a whatever is that thing that, that <laughs> a parrot, right? So you know something that repeats. I repeat this constantly, but it is so needed. It always comes to mind of what we need. It's the Word. You know, not, not creeds or the scholars. Yes, those things can be cool to know and, and insightful in our study. But the word is what sanctifies us. And as one study book states it, pointing at the Bible in its title, it says, Eat Your Bible. I haven't read it yet, but it's on, it's on the stack of to be read. And like we need water and food physically, we also need the word Jesus states it, right? Man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes out of the mouth of God. Your fellowship with God is what is offered to humanity through Christ Jesus our Lord. And apart from that, we're, we're in disfellowship. We are, we are dead. We are separated from God. But in Christ, we are made alive by God in Christ. We have fellowship with the Almighty and without that, we can't truly live on bread alone. Because as Crowder stated, as we sang, you know, hell was his destiny, but in Christ, our destiny has been changed because we have been made alive. Apart from God, we will die in our sins, but if we trust in the good shepherd, we have the abundant life. For we can know God, we can walk with God, we can fellowship with God. And we not just have the opportunity to eat bread, right? Unless you don't need any carbohydrates today, you know, ah, maybe, maybe tomorrow. <laughs> um, we have the opportunity to enjoy knowing God in this and looking forward to dwelling in his house forever. I love how John states this in the first part of his letter in 1 John chapter 1, verses 1 through 4, he says, That which is from the beginning, which we have heard, which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon and have touched with our hands, concerning the word of life, the life was made manifest. We have seen it and testify to it. See, they're doing that witnessing thing again, right? And proclaim to you the eternal life which was in the Father and was made manifest, sorry, was with the Father and was made manifest to us. That which we have seen and heard we also proclaim to you so that you may have fellowship with us. And indeed our fellowship is with the Father and with his Son, Jesus Christ. Right? That's where the fellowshipping comes in Christ and we are writing these things so that our joy may be complete it's an amazing truth that resting in the life made manifest we are alive and in that we can continue steadfast we can be that workmanship that he has created us as we rest in Christ Jesus and go forward about those good works, you know, all the, all the missionaries, you know, crossroads, everybody going out and doing things this summer, you know, be, be praying for them, 
Because it is conflict, right? And we continue steadfast in all of that by the mercy of God, by the word of God, so we can await the day of his calling us home or his coming. Well, let's close in a word of prayer. Father God, we thank you for today. Thank you for everything that you have given us, Lord. And just thank you by your mercies we can be a living sacrifice. That in Christ we're not just given a ticket to go to heaven, but we are given so much to go forward and to be a workmanship in you and to continue steadfast in that and to declare that Christ is born in Bethlehem to save sinners, that Christ was crucified and took upon the sins of the world to save sinners, and that Christ rose three days later proclaiming who he is, the Son of God, the, the Lamb of God to take away the sin of the world, that we may make that known to all, that as our name states, that it's liberty plains, that we would know and let freedom ring out, liberty ring out, that there is liberty in Christ, that we can know God, fellowship with God, and walk with him. Uh, be with us this week as healing from surgeries, getting ready for camps, praying for camps, trying to help out in, in different ways, whether that be working or, or going through different things. I, I lift up the next two days of VBS for you as well, it, to you as well, Lord, that, that the word would go out, that sinners would know that in Christ they can be justified and reconciled, that believers would know your word more, and that we would be equipped and encouraged for the work of the ministry for that to continue, Lord. Thank you for today. Thank you for our time in the word, Lord. Help us uh, just to aim to please you, Jesus, through it all and to walk worthy. Well, thank you. It's in the name of Jesus we pray. Amen.